Welcome to Here We Are, the podcast where we talk about curiosity, fascination, and what makes us delightfully nerdy. I am your nerd host for the day, Joy Bork. The older I get, the more curious I become about how things came to be. There's such an adventure involved with digging into history, finding out who the players are, what their motivations were, and how they played a key part in creating what I now know as normal. My friend Lisa and I chat at least once a week, and during that time, we usually end up dissecting at least one topic in this way. As they say, iron sharpens iron. Or in this case, Lisa's nerd sharpens my nerd, and vice versa. So without further ado, come along for a fun, lighthearted discussion about Lisa's latest origin, discovery, adventure, food studies. Hi, my name is Lisa Hammersheim. And I think what you should know about me is just that I get very excited about small things that are kind of niche subjects. You sure do. So what's your flavor of nerd that you want to talk about today? I think my flavor of nerd that I would like to talk about is very appropriately the field of food studies, food uh, which studies. I recently, recently discovered a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Time flies when you find a field that fascinates you. <laughs> and it might be food. <laughs> yeah, a, a, fo- a foodie field that's fascinating is very flavorful in all the ways. It is. How did you find this fascinating food fancy? It's a phenomenal story. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably also mention I am very into the field of phonetics. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I stumbled into it via a dream as most things clearly work out. I dreamt about myself researching a field. Um, And then I woke up and I said, wow, I wonder if that actually is a thing that people study and if that actually is an academic field that I could explore. So thanks to the good old Google and doing a lot of different combinations of do people study food and culture? Do people study food and identity? Do people study the connection of food, identity, culture, history, all those kind of things? I discovered that, yes, indeed, they do. And it is a field called food studies. So I started looking for academic articles about it and thinking, oh, this would be so fun to read and explore. And then I realized academic articles speak an academic language that I don't understand because I'm not from the field. So So instead I went to Amazon and said, do you have any books about food studies that would be more, uh..." well, at first I went to Instagram actually and looked up people who had written the articles that I didn't really understand to see what they looked like and if they looked cool and if I really wanted to further pursue this. You judged a scientist by their cover? Mm-hmm. 100% in academic via their Instagram feed. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> as an academic, I know those two things are highly correlated. But yeah, so I, I checked out Instagram feeds. I said, yeah, these people are cool. They look like they could have some fun. Let look me like go to Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I actually did. I started following them too. So that's great. Now I, so now we're basically yeah, for sure like that intertwined and for the recording intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know who I am, but maybe they will now once they hear oh, this. They sure will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay so, yeah, so what books did okay. you find? So I did find that there are a couple textbooks about like an introduction to food studies. 
And um, I got like, a little excited about those because I was like, oh, good, that will give me a good overview. But I didn't. <laughs> this is where we're so different. I'm like, textbook? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a survey. Yay. Everything I need to know in 500 pages. <laughs> what more could you want in life? But yeah, no. So I, I looked at those and I said, oh, this is the interesting. But they actually weren't expensive. So that was, that was what turned me away because I said, I don't know if I'm ready to make this investment yet. But then I found a book called The Creole Italians. And it's Ooh. basically a guy that is a food scientist and also lives in New Orleans. He was studying the immigration of people from Sicily to New Orleans between 1850 and 1930. And apparently it was like this, so like 45, 50,000 plus group of people that, that immigrated and the impact that they had on New Orleans culture, which is now like completely erased because New Orleans is all about kind of Creole and French and that yeah. sort of thing. But they actually have this huge food heritage that's all based on Italy. So I have been reading through it and been fascinated by the history of pasta and macaroni in the States directly through New Orleans, through this migration. Really? Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So um, the Sicilians, you know, came over the first kind of generation. They were all into citrus producers because Sicily has a bunch of very fine quality lemons that they were importing. So those people came over, got the lemon business started. And then like second generation, they started making and bringing uh, their food products. And because they were so enterprising, they started setting up factories of like pasta manufacturing. So it was much cheaper to produce it in the States and then ship it places as opposed to importing it, which is what they'd been doing before. So as they started producing it, they also started like pushing it out more and it started disseminating all over the country. So it was, it was in other places too, but they had lots of pasta factories in New Orleans, which is like New Orleans and pasta who even, you know, would put that together. Was America familiar but, with pasta before then? Mm-mm. Really? Uh, I mean, it, it was like niche pockets of the very like fancy exotic food, but they had no, they have no, no background in it before the early 1900s. That is mind blowing to me. I know, right? Because like macaroni and cheese, like everybody knows that, but there was a time when people didn't have that and like shaped pasta was like, what is this? If they, they even said that like in the early 1900s, there's this very fancy banquet and they wanted to like showcase how like cutting edge they were. And so they served everybody pasta and red sauce. And it was like the people lost their minds because they had no <laughs> idea what it was. They were like, what is this exotic food? <laughs> For us now, it's like yeah. pasta and red sauce. Okay. <laughs> like what else do you have? This is so mundane. I have never thought about that. Uh-huh. And where restaurants came from, like that, that was another thing is New Orleans was it has a ton of restaurants and they had a lot of early ones too. And so, yeah, so food culture history, it's very interesting. And the more I read this book, the more I'm like, I want to go to New Orleans. And I told my mom, next time we go, I'm going to take as many history tours as I can. <laughs> I want to see all these buildings that I'm reading about. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're going to enjoy those by yourself. But <laughs> you can bring me with you. I'll go. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's just it's so fascinating to see how things that you never thought about are woven through so much of the past and how food shapes culture, food shapes identity, and it all you know, blends together. I think I'm definitely, once I finish this book, I think I'm going to get a textbook. 
and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> you are so cool. This is probably where we should mention that you're actually Dr. Lisa Hammersheim. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that is a thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It was funny because I was you know, talking to some friends of mine who are also either doctors or soon to be. And they were like, wow, Lisa, sounds like you're going to go back to school. And I was like, <laughs> no. And then the other part of me was like, oh, well, I, I maybe could, but I don't know if it would be quite worth the money at this point. So I have to. <laughs> Not when you can figure out all the other ways to study it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can just get a really good network of people that will be my school, that's what I'm already putting into play. That's why that's the real Instagram. Uh, good job. My Instagram ideas. Yeah. Once they like me, they will teach me without me having to uh, formally enroll. Seems absolutely appropriate. Mm-hmm. How long yeah. is this book? I don't know because it's I'm reading it on Kindle. So I have no concept of pages, but I'm on chapter, um, chapter five. And I think there's seven ish. Okay. Seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I might have to look into yeah. this book myself. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm getting to the part now where jazz, it's like starting to be the jazz age. And because New Orleans was a, a hotbed of that as well. We're, we're going to see how the Sicilians figure into everything. And I, I think they're going to figure in a lot. Just my hunch, given that the whole book is about like how everything you didn't know actually is traced back to Sicily, which there's a little part of me that's I I wonder if this book is extremely biased because almost feels too perfect that everything traces back. But I'm like, well, it's the author's perspective. Yeah, he can say everything he wants to about them and I will take it in and see what I think. We could take this show on the road, Lisa. We could make our Mm -hmm. own mini series podcast just about food culture. Yes, I actually, speaking of that, as I was vacuuming last weekend, I actually was looking for podcasts about food studies. And there really aren't very many that I could, I I couldn't really find anything. I found a lot about like nutrition and like what you should eat. And I was like, I could care less about what I should eat. I want to hear about like identity, food culture, that kind of conglomerate. This could be our niche market. Yeah, I, I think so. Plus, if we could eat, as well like that eat and travel and record and produce podcasts mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah well if any here we are listeners have any information you would like to share with us about food culture please let me know here we are the podcast at gmail.com i would love to nerd out with you and i will loop lisa in on the conversation because being a nerd is fun exactly thanks for sharing lisa this is lovely we're, we're, we're cool people too so <laughs> Oh, yeah, don't you know? (laughs) So here we are. Ah, I love hanging out with Lisa. Even in the course of editing this episode, I started laughing all over again with enjoyment, discovery, and the warm feeling of friendship. I did buy that book that Lisa was referring to. It's called Creole Italian, Sicilian Immigrants and the Shaping of New Orleans Food Culture by Justin A. Nystrom. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list for soon to read. Thanks again to Lisa for the logo and for lending me your nerd today. All right, I've got to know what's one of your favorite flavors of nerd. How does it show up in your life? If you're open to telling me about it, shoot me an email at herewearethepodcast at gmail.com. Also feel free to follow the Here We Are online community on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Here We Are, the podcast. 
If you're looking to go one step further and financially support what I'm doing with the podcast, head on over to patreon.com, search for Here We Are, the podcast, and sign up for one of the many quirky support tiers, like Loyalist Llama, because I'm an Enneagram 6, and they're known for loyalty, and llamas are one of my favorite animals. So of course, there's a Loyalist Llama category. But anyway, until next time, don't forget that curiosity wins and the world needs more nerds. Bye.